This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. Again, I have the opportunity in the podcast to speak to someone who has created a business out of their genius. We get to learn about entrepreneur influences. We get to learn about the process, learn these fundamental tips that help businesses be really successful. And today we have the opportunity to learn from an expert accelerator. Jessica Yarbrough has created a business out of helping people get to the next level in their coaching, their executive presence, all of those things. And I am excited to learn more about it. So Jessica, welcome to the interview today. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Can you just start by introducing yourself and your business and what you do? Yeah. So I am an expert strategist and consultant for coaches and consultants who want to sell and scale ultra high-end programs. So really monetizing your genius and packaging it for high five and even multiple six figures, whether that's selling to a high net worth individual or marketing to organizations, small to large. Again, this in our brief conversation beforehand, we just had so much is there so many similarities in what we do? I work in the genius space too, helping people put together programs and courses, which which is a, maybe a part of that, but doesn't necessarily have to be. But um, it's just fun to be in a conversation with somebody that does similar things. I agree. <laughs> so tell me how you got into this space, because it's not something you just step into immediately. No, I agree. I mean, my background was in marketing. I managed multiple companies. I built a startup here in San Diego in my early 20s, had a spiritual awakening, walked away, did about four years of self-discovery, backpacking around the world. It was my own eat, pray, love journey. I came back to San Diego. I got pregnant with my daughter and was like, okay, you need to focus and (laughs) build something again. And of course I could have gone back and got a job easily, but by that time I'd have enough taste of freedom that, you know, it was really wasn't aligned for me. So I rolled up my sleeves, uh, started building my company and built a seven figure business as a single mom, um, consulting. Originally I helped do things for people I was doing in the space of done for you. And, you know, in my heart, I am a teacher, Um, I love to see breakthroughs. I love to share knowledge. And when you're doing behind the scenes, it's not very fulfilling. And so I transitioned into, you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime uh, into really showing people, how do you do this? How do you bring out the greatness that is in you, within you, and then use that to fill a massive urgent need in the marketplace that you can charge a premium for? Uh, and solve those problems and make a massive impact while being highly profitable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So many pieces in there. I want to talk about more, (laughs) but the, you know, there's once you've experienced that freedom and you've broken free from the chains, you don't want to go back to that. I think that's something that, that are a lot of our listeners have that feeling and maybe they're stuck in their industry or stuck in their job and they don't know how to step outside of that and, and really discover that freedom. But that's really when you have the ability to 
manifest the life that you want. And it's, yes. it's incredible that you built a business that you did as a single mom with all those challenges and all that time commitment. And, uh, people, you know, there's your stories are very few and far between. So it'd be interesting to hear a little bit more detail about that. Can you, can you talk about that? Were there methods that you use or a market yeah. you're in? I think that'd be something interesting for the audience to hear. Well, thank you. I will say if anybody has that gut feeling and you're feeling that, uh, that you need to leave and that it's time to trust that feeling, because if you ignore it, it's going to come back <laughs> something worse, maybe a health problem or a crisis 20 years down the road. And so you need to trust your intuition. If you're unhappy, make a change. And I, and I use my story to say, look, if I could do it with the, these things stacked up against me, you certainly can do it when you're making six figures a year in a corporate job, you have you know, funding, you have savings, you have all of these things to make comfortably make the transition. So that would be the first thing I said, uh, would say to any of the listeners. The second thing is I find that it, the easiest way to monetize your genius is to start with what you already know and translate that into training, coaching, or consulting. Now I work with a lot of former corporate director, VP, even C-suite. So they have a lot of experience and education and credibility within their company. So yes, could you go take a course and learn how to become an Amazon drop seller? Sure. Would that be the easiest path? No, but you're already doing, you're already doing work for your company. Remember that companies hire outside consultants all the time. So you have the ability to become a consultant for companies and that will uncap your income. It'll give you the freedom to choose your clients. It'll give you the freedom of working anywhere in the world. Um, it is the more challenging path in terms of it's easier to stay where you're at. It's easier to stay with in some ways, okay, <laughs> with, with just collecting a paycheck, right? The path of least resistance is to do nothing. The harder path is to walk through the fire and do something new and face all your fears and all of those things. But, you know, if you stay with where you're at, there's a limit on how far you can go. And that's where the entrepreneurship really allows you to uncap and allows you to break through that self-imposed ceiling in your own income and in your own potential. And so I do recommend that is where people go. If you have a passion for, uh, for spending time with people and solving problems. If not, then yeah, you might be the person who is better off with an e-commerce business. But if you like solving problems and you like working with people, then coaching and consulting is a great avenue for you to use your genius to create a very nice lifestyle for yourself and your family. Absolutely. If you can solve a problem, people mm -hmm. will pay for it, right? Yes. So and it's, the, yeah. yeah. And the key to success, at least where, where I help my clients, especially when it comes to re easily replacing their um, their corporate salary and then being able to double, triple, quadruple that is to go and play in the ultra high-end space. And so a lot of, especially corporate folks, they make the mistake of trying to build more of a lifestyle business and they're trying to market to people that they're they really don't relate to versus if your world is in the corporate world, you know how to work with, <laughs> with that. You know how it works with HR. You know how it works with the chain of command down from the C-suite. So it's a natural progression for you to turn around and sell your services to the very space that you've been playing in. And you can do that if you can solve an urgent need. You can charge a really high premium for that because the, the, um, 
the company is not going to have to hire, hire another employee, which is very expensive. They can do you for a contracted amount of time for a specific problem. You solve it, you get in and get out, and now you've gotten paid and you've got a result without being quote unquote chained to the company. Right. Right. It's, uh, gosh, the one thing that sticks out to me from that whole conversation is that we, that not only do we put silos on ourselves because we put, we develop and we grow in an industry and we climb up the corporate ladder and then we're in the C-suite and then we keep going up and our, we keep getting these incremental raises, but there's a ceiling on that and you can only go so far. And then your skills are in that area and imagining stepping outside of that and teaching that and making that bridge is something that we, that a lot of in corporate America and, you know, I'm an academic. So in education, we don't teach that either, but to think about your expertise outside of that space is absolutely, I think it's challenging because the, the conventional wisdom tells you to get into a job and to work your way up and to make this kind of money, but not to become a teacher of that. So. Well, and I think a lot of people devalue what they bring to the table. And it's hard because we are blind to our innate brilliance. The things that we're so good at that we can just do like that, we, we're we blind to it. We, we assume that everyone else can do it because it's so easy for us. Well, it's not. You know, I, I'm a strategist. Most of the world is not a strategist. That's a small percentage of the population. So if I can solve something strategically for a company very easily, does that make it less valuable? No. That makes it extremely valuable. And so that's when it helps to work with someone outside of you who can shine the light on what your greatness is. That's important. And then show you where the opportunity is, because that's one of the most overwhelming things for entrepreneurs is where do I go? Okay. So I know I want to do this and I know I've got some strengths in these areas. What the heck am I supposed to do with it? And where do I position myself? And believe me, I have people coming. I have former C-suite, even of major companies come to me and they're still have no idea how to position themselves to command a lot more money. And there are people that are making mid high six, mid to high six figures, even seven figures. They don't know how to do that for their own business. Right. Right. Let's talk more about positioning because that's, that's what your job is all about. So yes. you work with LinkedIn, you do a lot of these things. Can you talk about, talk about positioning in the fact of you know where you want to work. I always talk about how it's important to have that match, right? right? That you, your personality, your goals is a match for who you want to work with and making yes. sure that that story can match both things, which is, is important. But also if you want to position yourself in a higher ticket place mm -hmm. rather than where you're at, can you talk about some of those methods or some of those ideas of talk to our audience about how to think about positioning themselves in the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. Well, positioning is perception. How are you perceived? And a big part of that comes down to two things, branding and messaging. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to be uh, everything to everyone. Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades, master and none, right? They're trying to serve everyone through their message. It doesn't work because when you're everything to everyone, you're no one to the one person that matters. Right. So if you're if you're like, I want to sell to the C-suite and I want to charge one hundred eighty thousand dollars or one hundred fifty thousand dollars for my programs, that's who you have to market to. Everything that you do needs to embody that. So your branding needs to be on point. The colors need to resonate. The font needs to resonate. Can't be whimsical if you're marketing to corporate. You have to look the part, you know, for corporate because that's going to create um 
an anchor, a level of perception of professionalism. So it's really important, even if you're working at home and you're normally in yoga pants that you're showing up differently for your calls or for your videos. And then you need to have the right message. And the name of the game is relevancy. We are living in a highly distracted world. You're competing with cute cat videos and Leonardo DiCaprio memes and everything else. So you have to be able to stand out and be highly relevant. And part of that, a big part of that is a deep dive understanding into what your ideal client is struggling with. And I know people talk about this a lot, but still 90% of the coaches and consultants that come to me, even been through a course, I have alumni from every guru program, 90% of them still are uh, missing the mark on their messaging. They're ineffectively able to communicate their value. So they run out of runway before ever taking off. Forget sales. They're not getting leads because they're failing to communicate. So you have to be relevant. You need to understand who this person that you're going after is and not be afraid to deeply speak to their pain points, to to their innermost thoughts. That's one. uh, And to show them too that you have a way out. So people miss the mark on understanding that pain, but then they also miss the mark oftentimes on communicating their solution. You know, it becomes like a meandering river. And if you're trying to target high caliber people, you better get to the point because time is their most precious commodity. We talked a little bit about this before you hit record, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I help people go after people, uh, ideal clients who value uh, time more than money. Why? They have less time, they have more money, which is a good thing for you as a coach or consultant. Because when time is the most important thing and they have money, they're willing to throw a lot of money at the problem if you can solve it quickly. So you have to be short and concise and get to the point. And that's another big issue with a lot of coaches and consultants and why when they do things like try to leverage the power of LinkedIn, they're unable to do it successfully. So you have to fundamentally understand how to communicate your value, how to be concise and powerful with your messaging and relevant, and absolutely how to have that high-end expert branding. And that trifecta is what can catapult you to expert authority in the marketplace. And your business, you help with the visual brand, you help with all those yes. things in your business, all those things. you got All, all the things, because if we're going to sell and scale, so not just a one-off, great, boy, you sold yep. 150,000, but if we want to be able to repeat that and actually create move from the trap of the generalist into specialization up into expert authority, which is that high six to multiple seven figure range. We have to teach the whole thing. We have to understand who you're going after, codify your method, package it for six figures, build the influence, close the deals, build the systems, build the team, and really important, build the back-end delivery because when you're selling at that high level, your delivery has to be tight. You have to be solving the problem that they paid you six figures for so that you can create, well, you can be an integrity number one with your brand promise, but you can also create stellar results. And the more people that want your health, the more will want your help. It'll skyrocket your brand reputation. All five of those are key if you want to scale high end to the high six and seven figures. Sure. It's much less about the like constant visibility, but maybe that's a piece of it too, right? So there's- yeah. yeah. The visibility ha- is, is, is there and it always has to be there. Every business has to have a product to sell, a way to market it, a way to actually get the money to sell it. They have to have systems to run it, a team, and they have to have a way to deliver it. Like we have, no matter what business in the world, we have to have those things. So the influence has to be there. 
but where you, what you don't have to do is go crazy with it or try to mimic the gurus where you're on every channel putting out 20 pieces of content a day like that's another mistake a lot of coaches and consultants make they try to compete with the gurus you can't those guys are spending six figures a month on ads on that alone yeah on ads and they have a team of 20 doing their social media but don't worry about them you're not trying to compete with them you can if you're trying to go after the C-suite, for example, you can build expert authority and be that go-to person. You can have a relatively intimate size audience on the platform where they exist, which for me and my clients, that's LinkedIn, decision makers, uh, B2B. Um, and if your messaging is relevant, you don't need that many clients to hit seven figures. If you're selling $150,000 packages. That's less, I mean, what, less than 10 clients, right? You don't need that many. And so it's not a volume-based business. That is a different model. It's a valid model, but this is a, a more intimate, high-touch, high-quality, uh, low-volume, ultra-high-ticket business model. Right. So I, I have another question about LinkedIn before, yes. before we move on to the next piece. So on LinkedIn, I feel that LinkedIn has been flooded. Mm. Flood, and I think it's always been that way, but I think particularly since everything had post-pandemic and yes. everybody's, there's a ton of coaches out there building their business and like, oh, COVID hit, I lost my job. Now I'm a right. consultant. So there's a ton, I think it's, I think the coaching industry in general is very flooded. And mm -hmm. so I've talked with quite a few clients that have talked about how it's, it's, it's hard to stand out on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. what's the best approach. To, can I find my ideal client, which might be in the C-suite on yes. LinkedIn? So, so can you talk a little bit about that and what your experience with that? Absolutely. Well, a couple of things. One, I, it, because we are in that world, you and I, it feels like it's inundated. We're inundated, but think right. about There's the sheer number. Yeah. Cause, cause, but the coaching and consulting world is actually very tight. It's very small. If you compare it to the number of businesses, just in the United States alone. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Right. So, and it, a lot of those businesses have no idea of the coaching and consulting world. It's once you're in it, it's like a, it's a vacuum. So there is still a tremendous amount of opportunity. Even for me, I'm, I market to other coaches or consultants. My opportunity is much smaller than if I were to expand and work, you know, just with small business owners. Like that right, would open right. me up to so much more. But I love the entrepreneur. I love coaches and consultants, right? So there is a lot of opportunity. Sometimes it can feel flooded because certainly there's spam that happens, but I don't feel like it's any more than any other platform. And in fact, I still feel like LinkedIn you still have a strong ability to grow your authority. I don't feel like it's become Facebook because even if you look at the metric of content, content has a very long shelf life. You can post something and it ride for two weeks on LinkedIn. People still see it. Good luck on Facebook. I mean, Facebook, it's gone in like two hours if a person percentage of your audience even saw it. So LinkedIn still has a lot of potential compared to the number of users. The actual people putting out content is small. In fact, uh, just to test something, I found this really interesting. I looked at, um, let's say, the last 100 people that joined my network, right? And these are executive coaches, leadership development, business strategists. 50 to 60% of them have never even posted once on LinkedIn. Hmm. Bananas. They are marketing to organizations, right? right? And they're not even 
taking the time one time to put out their voice and, and, and they're losing so much money because they're not putting their voice out there. So I, I think the opportunity is huge. LinkedIn's still a gold mine. It's the number one B2B platform. Uh, 62% of all decision makers are active on LinkedIn. 41% of all millionaires are active on LinkedIn. Um, you have the filter and ability to drill down data like no other platform to connect with these people. If you take the time to put your voice out there, you're ahead of 50 to 60% of your competition. So crazy statistic. It's just over and over and over there's opportunity. Now, does that mean that you can just start posting and be successful? No, we, we talked about, you've got to have the right message, which most people miss the mark, which I think is why people give up. They'll say, oh, it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, let's look at your, let's look at what you're putting out there. No wonder. Or let's see what, how you're reaching out to people. Are you being super spammy? Are you assuming and pushing for calls? Like I never do that ever. I'm value-based experts teach experts share their value. And if you create enough rapport with your audience, they're going to want to buy from you. No one wants to buy from someone that they're constantly being sold to. So there's still marketing strategy that has to go behind the platform, but I firmly believe that LinkedIn absolutely is a goldmine. And I've seen it not only in my own business, but my own clients, you know, who get six figure deals from LinkedIn yeah. and have relatively really small audiences, but they're doing it the right way. And it's about quality over quantity. You know, it's not about vanity numbers and metrics. Uh, that's not going to support your bottom line uh, at this level only supports it when you're, you know, a guru and you're getting those advertising dollars and affiliate relationships and have a bunch of money to put into it for sure. There you go. Yeah. That's makes a big difference. Oh, I just had another question, but I lost it. Um, tell me, tell, tell me if the advice that you had, Oh, I know what I was going to ask. I was going to ask when you have somebody talk to a former executive, I, I work with a lot of authors. I work with a lot of service providers that want to step into the consulting space. And I'm sim- I'm curious about uh, in your experience in transitioning C-suite members to a platform similar to that, have you had a, is it a challenge to move them from the, the doer space or the expert space into the teaching space? Because that's because the methods are different and you have to communicate differently and you're teaching your craft rather than right. doing your craft. So for example, I'm working with some optometrists now, brilliant optometrists, very successful. <laughs> they built a very successful business and now they want to teach others how to build their business. Right. It's a totally different language. It's a different way of explaining. They're talking a lot of business. They're right. not in the craft that they've been trained in. So I would imagine you see some similar challenges in that relationship. Yeah. And that's why we have to start with who you're going after and codifying what is their methodology. Like there has to be a clear blueprint mm-hmm. because number one, you need a blueprint to get people results. You can't right. just, you know, show up to a call and be like, Hey, what do you need help with today? Right. Uh, you need a, you, you need a blueprint. You need to be able to take them from the valley of pain up to that mountain of possibility. Right. And so your blueprint we codify becomes the map and the, uh, you become the Sherpa, like you're going to guide them up the mountain and they're going to avoid all those crevices and valleys that they're going to get stuck in for years. Like you can quantum leap them there. So we have to have that blueprint to, uh, get them to where they want to go, but also to effectively market and sell it. Because again, if you can't explain your solution, you're not going to sell it, especially to a high caliber 
um, a high caliber professional, they are more savvy. The internet marketing tricks just in time for my webinar stuff doesn't work. If you're trying to sell to them, they don't care. They don't want to watch it. They literally just want to buy your service. Can you solve my problem? Great. Let's have a call. Boom. Write the check. Very simple model. Um, but you have to be clear with the blueprint. And then a part of, I think what's powerful is going through the process yourself. And you do this with your clients when they get to peek behind the curtain and see how do you put this together and how do you teach that's going to empower them to be a great teacher. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you've, if you've never had a great teacher, you're probably not going to be good at teaching. And I know this because I went through many coaching programs and I remember it being so difficult because they were successful, but they couldn't break down how they got there. Exactly. Right. They didn't know how to teach. And my first coach that I came across and a lot of them were disorganized, like it was just a nightmare, right? I'm a high organized ducks in a row, give it to me uh, kind of person. And I remember the first coach I had that was a great teacher. And I was like, wow, this is what I'm looking for. You know how to translate this information. And so under being able to go through the experience is going to help and see how it's done right helps you to shape your own teaching ability. Absolutely. Stepping into it rather than, and stepping into it confidently rather than fumbling around. There's just a whole lot of methods to teach around that because I, I teach very similar things. You've got to have a method to help solve the problems and help navigate all those pieces and visuals, thing. right? You have to understand not everybody is going to be able to look at a document. So I always try to use visuals and little drawings on my iPad whiteboard yeah. because a lot of people will get it that way. And you have to be able to teach and give them ways to consume your information in a way in all the different ways that their brain can learn and the different learners. So, and then part of teaching, and you know, this is just practice. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember my first methodology when I, if I look back compared to where I've grown today, it wasn't the best. It still was good. It worked, but you know, you become more sophisticated the more you do it. And this sure. is why I'm a big proponent of either doing group coaching or um, going in and working with teams because your ability to grow as a teacher is exponential <laughs> when you, right. when you have to do it in a group setting, it, practicing it, you're speaking that you're speaking and you're walking at the same time. So it's like, yeah, yes. you have to be able to do that and communicate and, and think on your feet, right? You're getting pummeled with question after question after question versus just working with one person at a time. So I do believe that teaching in a group setting is going to propel you forward in terms of your ability to teach and your strengths as a coach. And I also believe it adds a lot of value for your students to have that mastermind type of feel to have the community and to learn through others asking questions. It's extremely impactful. Some of the biggest breakthroughs that my clients have are when someone asks a question and get an answer and they were saying, oh my gosh, I, I was, I need help with this too. So yeah. so much power in, in that learned that shared environment setting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jessica, I feel like we could talk for hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we probably will after the podcast, but to kind of move the podcast forward, is there some advice that you would give for people that are thinking about creating and stepping into their genius? What, what piece of advice would you give or, or, or what, what would you say to them if they're thinking about doing something? Start now, start now, you know, um, have you heard of Lodi law of diminishing intent? 
have. Yeah. yeah. So, for, so for your listeners, it's the longer you, the law of diminishing intent is that longer that you wait to take action on something, you know, you should do the less likely you are to do it. So another year goes by, Oh, I didn't do my weight loss plan. Another year goes by. I didn't start my, uh, my, I didn't write my book. I didn't, you know, start this business. So don't allow yourself to fall prey to Lodi. If you, if there's something you want to do, you need to take a big action to ensure that will propel you forward. And so invest in the help that you need, whatever that stage is, if it's a course, if it's a mentor, whatever it may be, but put some money behind it and take action and you'll be less likely to fall prey to Lodi and you'll actually move forward to achieving the goals that you want to achieve in your life. Sure. It's never too late to start, but then you need to start now to discover what path you potentially could be on. So yes, start now. Start now. Hardest part is just getting started. I think that's a great Art. piece of advice. <laughs> and if people do want to contact you, where can they find you? I definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM and let me know you heard me on the show. Follow me on YouTube. I am literally putting out uh, videos every single week on YouTube. And be sure to go to jessicayarber.com forward slash influence and download my 33-page guide on the ladder of influence. That is great. Provide so much value to your to your potential clients. Provide value to help people elevate their game and step into a space of their genius. So enjoyed this conversation today. I look forward to interacting with you in the future and talking more about, again, we could talk for hours about all of these things, but uh, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast today and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. And for you listeners out there, if you want to reach out to Jessica, all of her information is in the byline and you can find all of her information or find her on LinkedIn. And I look forward to speaking to another genius that has transformed their genius into a business. You can do it too. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.